Are you building a green business that works for you and for the planet? Season 3 of Where Ideas Launch walks you through the process of ideating, creating, developing and scaling a green idea from start to success. I leverage my experience along with the experts and micro-entrepreneurs running green business models today. Join us for this short series of 16 episodes of Positive Business Impact for Change. Lakshmi Malhotra is the founder of Risham Door. Her vision is to revive dying handloom clusters and establish artisans as custodians of their craft across India. She's currently working on the revival of Karad rugs. This is a diminishing craft practiced by only two families in the Gujarat region of India. Lakshmi, it's such a pleasure to have you. Welcome to Where Ideas Launch. Thanks for the opportunity to be a part of this podcast. What is Karad really? And why are you so passionate about saving this type of skill? actually is quite an interesting story, Catherine. And the word Kharad actually comes from a Sindhi word, which is a dialect in that part of the region, which means rug. And the artisan community originally was settled in Sindh, which is now in Pakistan. That's where the word came from. So the Kharad rugs were traditionally made out of camel wool and goat hair. And these were woven on a pit loom. And these were basically used by the nomadic community when they would travel all across to keep them warm. Uh, That's why Kharad was very simple in its soul. Uh, Black and white uh, monochrome designs, which were undyed sheep wool and camel wool. And uh, yeah, and that's where um, Kharad came from. What happened post-migration was that uh, the community moved to a place called Quran, which is the last village between India's border with Pakistan. And um, after that, considering the craft is very labor intensive, it was quite expensive as well. And the local market actually was not very interested in the craft and Slowly, the families that used to do this started to dwindle down. And now there are only two families. Tell us a bit about your background and how you found this cause. So um, I have worked in corporates for about two decades, for about 20 years. Um, I've worked as an IT professional in a lot of MNCs all across the world. However, handloom is an area which was something um, which was very close to my heart. Uh, As I was growing up, um, one of my favorite pastimes was to basically visit these handloom fairs that we had in a city where we would have artisans and weavers coming from all across India. And uh, I would buy handloom fabric from, from them, get it embroidered or do some embellishments on it and get it stitched. So I think my love affair with handlooms began there. And initially it was something that was very personal to me, wherein I would buy handlooms for my own personal use. But as I started going to these handloom fairs very regularly, the weavers got to know me as a person who loves handlooms. And these started sharing their personal stories with me. And um, they talked about the challenge challenges that they're facing with people not wanting to buy handmade, with people wanting to buy cheaper stuff and they to move away from their original designs to create something which people would buy. And I think I started relating to their stories in terms of the challenges that they have and how difficult it is for them to survive. So 
about few years back, I started an initiative again under the name of Reshim Door to basically create awareness about the handlooms and craft that we have all across the world. But last year, during the pandemic, I realized that if I really have to make the make a difference, I need to basically work full time if I really want to make a difference at the ground level. So that is how I moved into Reshim Door full time. Now, in terms of how I found Kharad, I remember I was talking to a craft lover uh, who was also from Gujarat. I was brought up in Ahmedabad, which, which is in Gujarat. And she was talking about Kharad. Considering I'm from Gujarat, I know all the arts and crafts that come in from Gujarat. But Kharad is something that I was not aware about at all. And it was very surprising that I did not know about this craft. And about two years back, I started researching about this craft because I felt that as a handloom lover or as a craft lover, and as well as coming from Gujarat, I should know about all the crafts from Gujarat. When I when I started researching about these rugs a couple of years back, I was fascinated by how beautiful these rugs were, how they were made, the story of how they how it is rooted into sustainability, right? Starting from uh, using local sheep wool to using natural dyes to basically weaving on a putloom. I was really very fascinated with the way the weave was and the beauty of it. And I remember searching for the master craftsman who creates these rugs. And I reached out to him and he actually shared his story in terms of how there were 10 families who used to practice this craft about 10 years back. And now they've moved away to other professions because the demand of this rug is very less. And for these two families to also survive, it's so difficult. You know, when I when I talk to people about this topic of sustainability, we we often have this debate about is sustainability something that sits outside or does it sit throughout the making of the thing? And this is in the ethos of everything that that, that rug is from, from the point of, of design up to the point of finishing and ready for sale. What are your thoughts on the opportunities and the sort of hidden wealth in this area of handloom skill? Because I think, you know, as we, as we talk about sustainability, the next side of the story is about the human side of the story, about these skills and about the fact that we have sort of built a world that trivialized and made irrelevant almost these real important craft skills in, in exchange for things that are cheap and create waste. As far as handloom and handicraft industry in India goes, we have a very rich heritage of craft. And I think if I look at the, the techniques or the way the craft and handloom is being made in India, it is rooted in sustainability. What has happened post the pandemic or in the last few years is that sustainability has become at the core, right? Customers have become more conscious about the production process, about how sustainable a garment is. Most of the crafts, not only in India, but all across the world were rooted in sustainability because the means were limited at that time. And people used to take everything from the ecosystem, right? Whatever was available in the ecosystem to make things of their daily needs. And I think we are if we go back to that, then we will be able to ensure that we are sustainable. So I see a lot of opportunities 
So we know that blockchain technology is being used now in the art world. What are your thoughts on how this can benefit the artisans? So I think there has been a lot of research on blockchain and initially though blockchain started from the financial industry and focused around bitcoins and all that, now they're looking at how blockchain could be applied to uh, to other industries as well. Now, when I look at blockchain and based upon uh, considering that I come from a technology background, um, I'm always looking at ways how technology can be used to make lives better and especially with handloom being an area of, uh, which which is an area of interest i did a detailed study on how blockchain could help the handloom and craft industry so i think there are a couple of challenges or there are a few challenges that the craft industry is facing all across the world one is the product authentication there are a lot of copies available in the market and the consumer never knows how uh, whether a product is coming from an authentic source, whether it is really coming from a craftsman, as the brand claims. Um, the other thing is intellectual property protection. If we look at artisan communities all across the world, I believe that the art and the craft is the cultural intellectual property of the community. And if anybody tries to use that intellectual property, then there has to be credit that is given to the artisans. There is no way of doing that right now. And there are a lot of brands which basically which basically just use a particular art without giving any credit or compensation to the artisans. And uh, the third thing is that there are a lot of traditional crafts that are dying today. And along with that, the knowledge of the traditional techniques is getting lost. So there is no standard database for knowledge protection. And I think that blockchain can really be helpful here. The reason being that blockchain is a technology which is immutable. Immutable means anything that goes into the database cannot be changed by anybody else. It can basically change the face of the craft industry or even uh, luxury goods as well because uh, at every stage in the supply chain if there is information that goes into the blockchain uh, which says where the raw material came from who were the people uh, who dyed it with what material who were the artisans who did weave it who packaged it how did it reach the consumer and if that all of that is available to the consumer through a scan of a QR code it would become very powerful so I think blockchain as we go forward there are a lot of pilots that are happening all across the world in terms of how blockchain can be used for the fashion industry and especially for the handloom industry. And I personally believe that it can change the face of the industry if we are able to deploy it as we go forward. Absolutely. So what's next for Reshem Doa and how can my listeners support you? We are just a startup or we are a very new company right now. We just started the Kharad Revival project uh, uh, six months back. So our focus for this year is that Currently, there are two families that are practicing this craft. Um, by the end of the year, if we can make it to five, uh, if we can get three, four, three more families back into the craft by creating the right market linkages and demand, that would be wonderful. And then down the line, a couple of years, uh, two years down the line, we basically make the this artisan community self-sustainable so that they can 
ensure that the current craft is available for generations to come. In terms of how the listeners can support, they could support by creating awareness about this craft, know more about this craft. They could also talk about uh, how sustainable this craft is. And last but not the least, if uh, the listeners can help us by buying these rugs, these are, I think, these are heirlooms and these are a beautiful legacy that you can keep in your home. So if the listeners can help by supporting, by buying a, a rug, that would really be helpful. And what advice would you give to someone who's getting started in an area of preserving history and preserving craft and skills? What would you tell them? So um, though I'm very new to the entrepreneurship world, uh, my experience, I will share my experience in the past few months. I think um, the first thing that I learned when I moved into um, starting my own company was when we work in the corporate world, um, there are, everything is very structured, right? There are well-defined processes. However, when you move into entrepreneurship, the first thing is you have to do everything on your own. Uh, so it was a difficult uh, task for me. But what I learned in the last six months is that don't be his, don't hesitate to reach out, don't hesitate to ask for help. And as a new business, there are a lot of times when people don't respond to you. Uh, you get a lot of refusals, right? Like I remember that when I reached out to a few influencers to talk about what we are doing and if they could talk about my brand. Even after a lot of follow-ups, I did not get a response. But but what I realized is if your brand has the right ethics, then it will turn around. You just have to continue to follow up. And yeah. one, of, one of the recent successes that I had was that I reached out to a lady who is a textile revivalist and she is a part of the royal family um, again from Gujarat and I reached out to her and I told her about Resham Door and I was not sure whether she would respond to me or whether she would be happy to speak about Resham Door. She's very very active on Instagram and a lot of social media and uh, surprisingly uh, she was graceful enough to actually say that, oh, wow, you are doing such a wonderful thing. And I am happy to take, uh, talk about Resham Dor. What is needed is persistence, absolutely, uh, continuous follow, and especially when you're running a new business. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're so right. Now, thank you so much, Lakshmi, for sharing this important message with us. I think, I think Resham Dor is doing an admirable piece of work. I think that the future of this type of skill is in the luxury market and we need to recognize that. I mean, this is as precious as the artist's art, you know, and when you're when you're at a stage where only a couple families can do something, this is something special and this is something that you really want to preserve. So thank you so much for coming to, to share that story with us and my listeners will be able to access all of your information on the show notes. So thanks so much for coming, Lakshmi. This episode was brought to you today by the Ecobusiness Growth Club by Catherine Ann Byam and by The Space Where Ideas Launch. The Ecobusiness Growth Club supports positive impact SMEs with coaching, know-how and community support toward achieving the impact and reach they set out to make. You can find out more by connecting with Where Ideas Launch on Instagram or following the hashtag Where Ideas Launch across all of your social media.